Nice to see you all. Last time was a while ago. And it's lovely just to come and worship with you, see you all, and uh, enjoy, really enjoyed yesterday um, spending time just uh, talking about evangelism, the Holy Spirit, what he's doing, and uh, it's always a pleasure. So um, I'm, uh, as Maynard said, just uh, in England for a little while and then going back to France and then on to Switzerland until Christmas. So I continue working in Europe, helping churches with evangelism, helping churches to get outward looking and uh, beginning to um, together reach out to the harvest. We're living in interesting days, aren't we? And uh, all sorts of things going on in the world. But as we've already uh, worshipped and praised the living God this morning, we know that he's on the throne and he has a clear plan. And uh, we can rest secure in that plan. And that uh, the exciting thing is that um, uh, he, he wants to use us. And that's the, the partnership that we have with him. So I'd like to just as a share a little bit uh, from the word. got various things. And uh, then we'll just give a time maybe at the end for the Holy Spirit to do as he wants and just uh, touch us. Just wanted to begin by saying, um, Jesus wants us to enjoy him. Jesus wants us to enjoy him. Are you enjoying Jesus? Such an important thing. It's not a burden. It's not something we have to do but just enjoying him and learning how to be satisfied and take enjoyment in him. We often think of all sorts of things that can give us pleasure in the world, wonderful testimony earlier, but it doesn't really satisfy. And real satisfaction comes when we're just in his presence and we're worshipping him. We're learning to enjoy him and to have the real source in our lives coming from him. And that is great joy. And that's really the text that I felt the Holy Spirit put on my heart today for us today, that, that David kindly read. I just want to take this one um, verse that David has already read to us in Luke chapter 10, where it says, At that time... Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 10 and verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy. That's a good one, isn't it? Full of joy through the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The world can be crumbling all around us, but we can still have joy, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that struck me, because part of our lives as we walk with him is learning what gives pleasure to God. What pleases the Father? What pleases my Heavenly Father? Because I want to do what pleases him. I want to bring my life Line it up with what is pleasing to him. As we do that, we find that that is the most satisfying life we can have. We're never really, really satisfied until we're really walking in the Father's will. And God is very patient with us because we can try all sorts of other things when we get a bit fed up. 
Uh, and we actually find that as often it's got a nasty nip to it, especially if we go back into sin. <laughs> it's got a nasty nip to it. And uh, there are often consequences sometimes. But as we come back to the Father in our relationship with him, and we start to accept his will for our lives, and we begin to find out who we are, the closer we come to Jesus, the more we find out about who we are. The more I find out about who I am, the closer I get to Jesus. The further I stray from Jesus, the more confused I become. And we're living in a very confused world. Identity's gone out the window. But when we come to Jesus, we begin to get balanced up. We begin to find purpose in life. We begin to get our identities sorted out. We begin to learn who we are and what we're called to do. Now, one of the things Jesus came to do was to train up the 12. Start to prepare them to learn how to live the life in the spirit. And since we are spiritual beings, principally, God made us spirit, soul, and body, our life begins when our spiritual lives line up with him, and that affects all the other areas of our life. We start to get balanced up. And as Jesus, in this context, sent out the 72, he was helping to train up, ready for his departure, the men and women that would continue the mission that the Father had started, sent him to do. And at that moment, as they came back and they'd been laying hands on the sick, they'd been anointing people with oil, they'd gone out. Um, it says in other, the other Gospels that they'd taught and they'd prayed for the sick. They came back full of joy and they share with Jesus. And it says there in that context that Jesus full of the Spirit, joyful, hallelujah, wonderful. They're beginning to get it. <laughs> They're beginning to understand. That's what it's all about. Now, in this text, as we just glance down, that's already been read, it says that Jesus um, says to the Father in verse 21, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, I thank you because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned. Fascinating scripture. God hides things from us. The best things on earth are hidden. And he does it purposely. When we want to display something, we put it for everybody to read and see. But the best things on earth are hidden, and they're found in Christ. At the end of the text, Jesus says to the disciples, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you, the prophets and the kings have wanted to see what you see. So the disciples and the others that were sent out 
are just beginning to see. Now, earlier we heard a lovely testimony where many, many of us have gone through where at one point we know we were in darkness. We did not see Jesus. Jesus didn't satisfy us. He was not the answer to our lives. We did not realize there was a plan for us. We were all in darkness. God in his grace came down, plucked us out, saved us, and we suddenly began to discover another world. A very powerful world. Well, God wants it to be powerful for us, to understand his power and his authority. And they begin to see. We have spiritual eyes, we have spiritual ears. Some of us will see better than others sometimes. Some of us won't hear or see a thing. It's God's wonderful way of revelation. He reveals things to us. And according to our walk with him and our desire after him, things get revealed. And as they'd been out, they'd been getting on with the job, Holy Spirit with them, they'd been given orders to go out and crush the enemy, to declare Jesus, the message. Jesus had given them instructions. They came back full of joy, and Jesus had seen Satan fall. I thought that was another interesting one. Jesus, with his spiritual eyes, had seen Satan fall as the 72 went out and started doing the stuff of extending kingdom. I think to thought to myself, hmm, when we get out and start doing the stuff of declaring Jesus, praying for the sick, sharing kingdom, I'm, I reckon that upsets Satan something chronic. <laughs> he doesn't like that. Very happy if we just don't say too much and we stay in our little meetings. But when we start to get out and do what Jesus has called us to do, Satan is suddenly shown up for who he is. He's very small. We begin to see people touched by the Spirit. And in picture language, you have authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. That presence is in us. That authority is invested in us. That power is in us. Partnership with God. And then we have the great school that God is taking us. I thought to myself, we go to a college or university for a few years and we get a degree in two or three years or five years or whatever we do, and that's it. And we practice. But with God, from the moment we're born again to the end of our lives, we're in a long school with him. And he's always got something more to take us into. More revelation. On all sorts of levels. Discovering him. This amazing life that we have in him. And part of it is what he's doing in us. In me. But also what he wants to do through me. And those two areas, God is continually wanting to work at. There's some things that they're very personal to me. I know what God's doing and areas in my life that still, you know, 
need a lot of attention by his presence and his word and my obedience, my battling sometimes. But there are other areas. As I begin to share and give away a principle in the kingdom, giving away what you've received, starting to share my testimony, starting to pray for the sick, trusting God for words, starting to do whatever I can for kingdom, I am affected. I will grow. I learn. His Holy Spirit begins to give me more, to give away. Principles in the kingdom. And so, as we begin to walk and grow and develop in the the gifting that God wants to give us, through his spirit, I believe the Father is joyful. He looks upon us and says, well done, keep going, go for it, don't stop. I think it brings joy to the Father's heart. As we worship him, the Father is pleased. One of the things about as we come and we bring pleasure to the heart of God is he pulls his presence down. And how we desperately need the presence of God. It's one thing about spiritual activity is the, the human, it departs, it departs, that's not really English, it, it goes beyond the human understanding. And uh, as the Holy Spirit touches, we get freed up and we begin to just worship him and uh, we can enjoy his presence and uh, the most enjoyable moment sometimes is just to be with our eyes closed and just expressing through our bodies, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Well, to the unsaved person who has not got the Spirit of God, what on earth is that? How do you get enjoyment out of talking to somebody who's for them is not there? <laughs> what a privilege we have that we see he's there. We can enjoy him, feel him inside know him speaking to us and that he wants to develop where we can hear his voice this whole area of relationship so I'd like to just finish with one little story Jesus sent out the uh, disciples and um, on several occasions now I'll just back up a little bit when John the Baptist came John the Baptist came to Prepare the way for Jesus' salvation. John the Baptist also said, one who is coming, who is, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes, will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So we're coming into a new era where every one of us can have this wonderful presence to know the baptism of the Holy Spirit know the fire that he puts inside us it's the fire that makes the difference passion for him passion is an interesting thing we all have passion but it depends where it's directed we're meant to have passion it's good to have passion enjoy the things that God's given us in this world that's great but also he wants us to have passion for him and he wants us to be goaded along, stirred along into new experiences out of that passion. It's not intellect that necessarily pushes us. It's 
good to know the scriptures. But as we have passion and a love relationship with him, that girds us further into new things, to take crazy risks sometimes, to do things we wouldn't normally do because we love Jesus, to allow reputation sometimes to be put to one side because we're willing to be a Jesus lover. It's desperately what the world needs today is to see people who know where they're going. John the Baptist is a very interesting man because he didn't recognise Jesus until he met him and he saw the dove of God come upon Jesus. They were related. But John the Baptist spent most of his time in the desert. You think, hmm. And it also says that John the Baptist was sent by the Father and he heard the Father tell him to do what he did. So how did John the Baptist hear the Father? He had a relationship with him, obviously. He had a clear message. He knew exactly why he was coming, and when he found out who Jesus was, time up. I need to decrease, he needs to increase. Done the job. He developed his relationship in the desert years. It's the only place he could have done it. Out in the deserts, eating honey, walking around with his camel skin underpants, and developing a relationship with the Father. He heard the Father. God popped things into his heart. The secrets that nobody else was seeing, he was discovering, spending time in the Father's presence. What a privilege. Then he came with a clear message. Thousands came out to him to repent. So spending time with the Father is very important. Sometimes God allows us to go into a certain desert to spend time with him. If we're too busy, deserts can come along. (laughs) And he developed that relationship and then came out with a clear message prepared the way for Jesus coming now Jesus heard that John the Baptist had died the 12 had just been sent out there's the sending out of the 12 the sending out of the 72 later on just before Jesus goes up he gives the commission to all us Christians go out lay hands on the sick etc etc And John the Baptist asked Jesus, how do we know that you are the one? He sends two of his disciples to Jesus and says, how do we know that you are the one to come? And Jesus says, go back to John and tell him who was in prison. Blind eyes are seeing. Lepers are being healed. The good news is being announced. He spoke to the two disciples in kingdom language. This is how you know that the kingdom has come. What you hear and what you see. They went back and told John. John, when he met Jesus for the first time, how did he recognise Jesus? He saw 
the dove of God, the spirit of God, descend upon Jesus and remain. That word remain is important. The spirit of God comes on me, but sometimes he flies off again. (laughs) We're only human. And learning to welcome his presence and then letting the love of God, love of God remain. I want to walk in a way that he remains in my life. And then I can begin to work in partnership with him to do the works. And after the 12, after the 72, and again, it was spiritual language. Go out and do the stuff of the kingdom. Evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence living inside each one of us. And Jesus was <coughs> preparing his disciples so that they could see more and more clearly. We're talking about spiritual seeing. When he began with them, he began with a bunch of guys that were totally blind. They never saw a thing. <laughs> he had to guide them. They made some awful messes and it's the same with us as we're walking with him God is helping us to see by knowing him as we know him more we begin to see what is happening and Jesus was continually trying to stretch his disciples I'll just finish with this point when Jesus had after they'd returned uh, from being sent out, the 12, they returned to the situation of the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus was with the disciples. They've just come back full of joy. They've seen good stuff happening. They're excited. Amen. And then Jesus wants to give them another situation of stretching them. So there they are. There's five thousand men, 20,000 people in front of them. And they are immediately thinking, these poor people, they need to go home and eat. Now it could have been in the scriptures that they were pretty hungry themselves. In that context, they hadn't long come back from going out and they hadn't eaten. So they were probably a bit hungry themselves. So they're saying, come on, get out of here because we're hungry. You can imagine that sort of a scenario. And Jesus says, hang on, they haven't got to move. You feed them. They look at each other and think, hello, what's going on next? What's, you know, why is he telling us that? They've got to eat. This is, you know, there's bakeries out there. Go and find your food. <laughs> so again, Jesus is putting them against something that in the natural they cannot understand it yet. They don't see it. He's trying to stretch them into kingdom, into trusting him, seeing in him the answer. And so Jesus, as we know the story, confronts them. You feed them. They don't get it. They're not there yet. So a little lesson comes along. Okay, what do we have? The small amount we have, we'll take it. And you know how Jesus prayed a short prayer and then the miracle begins to happen. 
he continually was putting them in situations where they were stretched, where they couldn't see in the natural, but there was an answer in God. That's our school. That's our school. God's filled us with his presence. He's given us all that we need. And he's wanting us to grow, develop our thinking, beginning to understand and see more and more. And as we do, that brings joy to the Father's heart. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We want to move on. We want to be a church that is growing and bringing joy to the Father's heart. I'll end with one other final thought. How many of those people who were enjoying a nice plate of fish and um, bread? There's 20,000 people. Jesus has prayed a prayer. He hasn't got a microphone. And suddenly all the, all the food starts coming. How many of the people realised what was going on? <laughs> or how many of the people just thought, food, at last. <laughs> Fish, oh yeah, I'll have a bit of that. A few chapters later in John, Jesus puts his finger on the point where he says, you are only chasing after me because of the sandwiches you got earlier. <laughs> Sometimes there's an amazing miracle that happens that we can benefit from. We don't even see who's doing it. We don't even see who's behind it. And we desperately need God's presence to open our eyes to see Father, Father, Father. More of you. It's in you. It's in you. I've just closed with prayer. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit. Just a, a sense that if anybody would like prayer this morning, you're just touched by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's not necessarily for a need, but you just want more of him. Just um, I don't know how to do this really, but maybe at the end we can um, pray. And just would love to, with the team, pray with you. If you just need a topping up of the Holy Spirit, you want to open your heart to him, feel free to come forward. If there's pain in your body, just ask the Holy Spirit to touch you. We just want the Holy Spirit to be free to do what he wants amongst us uh, this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. And I just invite you, Father, you're a good God. You want us to enjoy you. Thank you for your words into our lives. Thank you for our eyes that see and are beginning to see more and more. Help us, Father, to discover the riches that you've got for us. Thank you for the healing, the salvation, and the freedom that is in you. And I pray, Father, now that for any of us that need just your touch, come, Father. You know our inner needs. Any bodies just need a healing touch in Jesus' name. Be healed. Any pain, go in Jesus' name. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for your hand upon us. <laughs>